Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee, which may have a double shot of espresso today. I am feeling much better here today on Wednesday, November 13th. Um, definitely feeling spunkier today. Not 100%, but feeling pretty good. But I uh, feel like I could use the extra shot of caffeine. Tasting very good to me this morning. I did not get anything done on the book again yesterday. So now that's been a good several days hiatus. Um, like five. Well, no, four. Five? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That would be five, Jeffy. I can count. Ugh, I'm sitting in this reading chair in the sun, and it's lovely. I think it's interesting how you can go into people's houses and see whether or not they're readers simply by what kinds of chairs they have and where they're facing. <laughs> you know, there are people who don't have any chairs with a convenient light nearby or not near a window, and they only face the TV. I mean, even if you don't see, don't know if they have books, you can tell, aha, uh -huh, not a reader. Although Kindles change that somewhat. Um, with the backlit screens, you can read anywhere. But, anywho, this is a good reading chair here in the sunshine, and I've been reading here the last couple of days, absorbing the sun and resting, and I've been thinking about the book a lot. And I do think that that is part of the writing process that we don't always discuss. Maybe because it is so, I don't you know, difficult to define. Uh, it's one thing that makes the appearance of being a writer difficult. You know, like the meme of, you know, what people think I do and what people see me doing. You know, writers spend a lot of the process of writing the book is not in the actual scratch of the pen on paper or tap of keys on the keyboard. As much as I'm a proponent for writing the story and letting it come out as I perform the act of writing, and I say that only writing counts as writing, there is still a vast piece of what occurs that is, I don't know, maybe letting the story ooze in through the portal. I know that there are certainly times when I have to back off and just let the story mull its way through. And I'm always kind of daydreaming about it. I think we don't give as much credit to daydreaming as we should. Maybe because we're so discouraged in it. But, uh, so discouraged. <laughs> like I... I, I has no words this morning. Uh, maybe because people discourage us from doing so as children. Um, parents and teachers will exhort us not to daydream. Get your head out of the clouds. Stop dreaming and pay attention. Come do these things. And we learn very early then that daydreaming is not socially acceptable, is not a worthwhile pursuit. 
But for a creative, daydreaming is critical. That time that our head is in the clouds. See, again, you know, it's sort of like the concept of pantsing. Even the words we use to describe it um, are slightly derogatory, right? A little bit, you know, head in the clouds. You're not down on earth with everybody else. Well, you know, maybe that's where your head needs to be to catch all of those wonderful drifting ideas and inspirations that come through. You know, head in the clouds is kind of a lovely place to be. So mulling the story is really important. And I think that that's something that's critical to remember for people, you know, who have day jobs, you know, so, and I had a day job for 20 years and it's not easy, but, you know, and you have families, you have small children, you have other obligations that you've chosen to commit to, but you would still like to keep the creative part of your life alive, you know, and, and that's a legitimate choice. But you carve out that room for the actual writing. And then the great cheat with this is that even when you are not in your room alone, getting your one hour or whatever it is that you, your 15 minutes that you manage to carve out and make everyone leave you alone for just that amount of time, you can always be mulling the story. You can always be daydreaming about it. And I think you can get, I think you can train yourself to do this. Uh, It's tempting to daydream about other things. I mean, you know how you like daydream about that wonderful book that you're reading. Your mind keeps going back to it. Or you daydream about um, the hot movie star or TV star that you're interested in. You know, you might be daydreaming about pole dark rising shirtless in wet breaches from the ocean, which, you know, why wouldn't you? (laughs) Um, I should find that one of those stills and just put it on this podcast. (laughs) Just some inspiration for you. But if you can find ways to direct, to gently redirect your imagination back to the story. Don't force it. I find that if I try to force myself to think, think, think about the book, then that really crashes for me. And that might be my my pantsy ways. Um, it's very difficult for me to make the conscious control of the story work. But if I can find ways to just daydream about the things I like about the world or images or feelings then that kind of brews the story along. And if you're super lucky, you'll actually dream about it. And that's that can be hugely helpful. There's um, a wonderful poem by Billy Connolly, who was National Poet Laureate, about writers and windows. I should see if I can find that because it really is a lovely poem. And I think it, it covers a whole lot of that because one of the great difficulties of persuading the people around you that you are working is that being a writer 
doesn't always look like you're doing anything. It looks like it's perfectly fine to disturb you because it's, um, there you are staring out the window, clearly not doing anything at all. And yet you are, right? Okay. I know I had it out not long ago and then you would think I would save these things and I kind of think I did, but I'm not sure where it is. Okay, we'll try this search string. What did we do before Google? We we looked it up in books or we planned ahead. Um, oh, I'm not going to be able to find it. Okay, I'm going to try a pause. Aha, uh -huh, the pause worked. I'm getting better. So my problem was it's, it's Billy Collins. Not Billy Connolly, Billy Collins, who was <clears throat> poet laureate. And this is a poem called Monday. The birds are in their trees, the toast is in the toaster, and the poets are at their windows. They are at their windows in every section of the tangerine of earth, the Chinese poets looking up at the moon, the American poets gazing out at the pink and blue ribbons of sunrise. The clerks are at their desks, the miners are down in their mines, and the poets are looking out their windows, maybe with a cigarette, a cup of tea, and maybe a flannel shirt or bathrobe is involved. The proofreaders are playing the ping-pong game of proofreading, glancing back and forth from page to page. The chefs are dicing celery and potatoes, and the poets are at their windows, because it is their job, for which they are paid nothing every Friday afternoon. Which window? It hardly seems to matter, though many have a favorite, for there is always something to see, a bird grasping a thin branch, the headlight of a taxi rounding a corner, those two boys in wool caps angling across the street. The fishermen bob in their boats, the linemen climb their round poles, the barbers wait by their mirrors and chairs, and the poets continue to stare at the cracked birdbath or a limb knocked down by the wind. By now it should go without saying that what the oven is to the baker and the berry-stained blouse to the dry cleaner, so the window is to the poet. Just think, before the invention of the window, the poets would have had to put on a jacket and a winter hat to go outside or remain indoors with only a wall to stare at. And when I say a wall, I do not mean a wall with striped wallpaper and a sketch of a cow and a frame. I mean a cold wall of field stones, the wall of the medieval sonnet, the original woman's heart of stone, the stone caught in the throat of her poet lover. Oh, a lovely poem. I always think of that when I'm staring out the window. And then I gently do redirect my mind back to my own story. <laughs> That's um, from Billy Collins' 2006 poetry collection, The Trouble with Poetry and Other Poems. I will um, put that link in the show notes like a responsible podcaster. And with that said, I am going to get to work. I'm going to see if I can 
get some words of my own, or at least some window staring. Uh, First Cup of Coffee is, of course, part of the Frolic Podcast Network, and you can find other podcasts you will love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.